Welcome to ComTrack, where you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. I'm your host, Tim Leifite, and my co-hosts... Hannah, Hannah and Martha. <laughs> and we are here to talk about movie stuff, aren't we? We're what else is there to talk about? <laughs> um, well, there's quite a bit in the world, but we like to talk about movies. So, um, yeah. To, fun thing to talk about. Yes, <laughs> indeed. One of the many fun things to talk about. Um, so yeah, what our movie this we're starting out our co- little podcast project here with probably some of our favorite and most beloved movies, the Cornetto trilogy. I like it because it's the only movie like me and Phil Majors can both like bond on. <laughs> I watch a lot of trash. You yes. know, outside of the stuff you show me, it's mostly cooking shows, anime, anime about cooking shows. Like, <laughs> I'm glad that you're here. But I love the Cornetto trilogy because not only is it great filmmaking, it's fun and rewatchable. And it's one of the great, you know, sets of films that you can just watch at a party with beer in your hand. Oh, absolutely, dude. Like, the rewatchability is, like, insane. Because every time I go back to watch any one of these movies, um, I'm constantly picking up on tiny little details that I never noticed before. And that's, that, to me, that's like a great sense of writing. Because... The writing on the movies are so tight. Because uh, you actually said, Hannah, about something like every piece of dialogue is either, what, a joke? A joke, or it moves the plot forward, or it's got character development, and a lot of times it's got two out of those three things. Yeah. yeah. The whole storyline is very rhythmic in itself, and I've seen that with some of the other movies with the Coronado trilogy. It's like, it keeps you engaged. It's entertaining. It's not just, like, still camera. No, no. Which is really rare in a comedy. I think, is a lot of people have the dialogue and they've got the jokes, but there's a lot of filler where I think this has got a lot of heart and cleverness to it, like all three movies. Well, and I mean... of course, zombies. Yes. And of course, zombies. Zombie, well, zombies and robots and crazy uh, cult people, I think. <laughs> um, whatever that was in Hot Fuzz. Oh, yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, and uh, spoiler alert, if you guys are, haven't seen these movies yet... Um, do yourself a go, yeah. Do yourself a favor, go watch them, and then come back here and watch it with us, because we make it ten times more fun. Including the world's end, because uh, even though the trailer makes it look like hot shit, it's actually my favorite one. Oh yeah, dude, dude, world's end is like actually, uh, like I always tell people, hot fuzz is the best. World's end is my favorite though. World's end is the funniest, and Shaun of the Dead is the most iconic. Yes. Hot fuzz is my favorite out of all three are you guys judging me for that one no 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 no, 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 no dude hot fuzz is the i think the best overall um shauna the dead is like i feel like the most well-known like people see references from it more, more often but world's end i think is the funniest yeah i, I can take yeah, that because gary king gary king because <laughs> uh yeah i mean maybe like... because i've never seen it sober though is but yes, more specifically, is there any like thoughts about Shaun of the Dead? Because I actually remember seeing Shaun of the Dead on cable like a couple of years it came out, and you know, because at first when I heard about it, like I looked at him like this is stupid, like come on, like because first off, like I, you know, I I wasn't that big. I, I mean, now I'm big into horror, but back then, like you know, like deep early high school or like late mid, like late middle school, I really wasn't into horror at all. Um, I was like a total puss out and thought uh, they, they were too scary or whatnot. But I attribute that mostly to my mother. So, Mom, if you're listening, I blame you for that. Um, but uh, after that, I, I saw Shaun of the Dead and I thought, no, oh, that's a dumb title. Like, it looks goofy. It's, it's, it, I don't think I can... Isn't that kind of the point? Well, yeah, but it, I, I, was, I was young and stupid and pretentious. 
Like I was thinking, like, yeah, Shauna, that's stupid. So we're eighteen. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I, I was much. I in- only watched Citizen Kane. <laughs> I didn't. Apocalypse Now. No, I. And the Dark Knight. Uh, well, the Dark Knight for sure. Oh my God! Like that was so. That I was so up my a- head, up my ass with that. I only watch me for Vendetta. The world doesn't understand. <laughs> Although I didn't see Citizen Kane until I was well into college, but that's besides the point. Um, what was everyone's first Cornetto trilogy movie? Uh, Shaun of the Dead was mine actually, because I first heard about that, and because I hadn't even heard of Hot Fuzz when it came out or World's End at all. Like as a matter of fact, I think it was. Oh, I think it might have been Nostalgia Critic who actually pointed out to me that there was like a legit trilogy out there. Or, no, no, it wasn't Nostalgia Critic. It was this wonderful um, uh, video essay series, Every Frame of Painting. Oh, I love them. I love Tony Zhu's Every Frame of Painting. And when I saw the Edgar Wright one, I'm like, oh shit, there's a whole trilogy? I should watch it. Check out that video. That yes. World's uh, uh, End was definitely my initiation. You got it at the library and we binge watched it in your basement. Oh yeah, did I make and you drink to it? Because I usually make I people think drink. I don't think we were old enough to drink at that time. No, when World's Been came out I was old enough to drink. <laughs> that was 2013, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then again, yeah, it was like we were at, still at your mom's like, dude, we either borrowed your mom's wine or had Oh, I, I might have been drinking at college and came. I might not have been legal. <laughs> yeah, I was twenty. I was twenty, so my parents <laughs> let me drink. Um, anybody listening, please don't call the cops on my parents. They're lovely people, <laughs> and it's legal in Ohio. So fuck you. <laughs> parental consent. Yes. Uh, well, what was when, your first exposure, actually? When I was twelve years old, I went to a party at this like video game arcade. It was, like, pay for the hour to play, like, Xbox and stuff. It's, like, a weird phenomenon. But, yeah, their late New Year's party, they played Interstellar 5555 and Hot Fuzz. And I remember being about 12 or 13 and catching the last half of Hot Fuzz. And I didn't know what the movie was about, but I remember the scene where the, uh, the model church goes right through Simon Skinner's, like, chin. And I didn't watch any oh horror God, at the time. It really I hadn't seen any <laughs> horror movies at the time, any violent films. Um, I was into like musicals mostly at that age, and that was like my introduction to cinema violence right there. And I'm like, I you need to find virginity right there. I, I lost, I lost my kind of slasher film virginity to that moment right there. But um, I remember it's like I've never heard of this obscure film. This is amazing. I have to I have to find this. And then I think ten years later I saw it on Netflix and I'm like, I need this is a trilogy, I need to watch every one of these. Yep. And Yeah, so the rest is kind of history. And then what about you, Martha? How was your like first exposure to these? Yeah. It's or just Shaun of the Dead. Like it was it was the world's end. Um that was my first experience, like, and I've seen it several times, so I was like, the first time it really floored me just because of, like, how rhythmic it was, like, they pretty much, I noticed it right away, how, like, the story that they told you at the beginning mimics the story the, throughout the movie, and I really liked that, and then it was a while for me to watch the rest of the trilogy, like, Shaun the Dead I've only seen once, so I'm looking forward to rewatching this again, and Hoffa, and Hoffa's does the same thing, that same kind of rhythmic film that I'm really into. That's I don't know. I can't describe it's hard for me to describe. <laughs> well paced is I think. Yeah, yeah. Like pacing. And that's hard to find in an action movie. Not not like when it's combined with comedy. Oh yeah. And, and, uh, and heart. Like we've been talking about. Absolutely. 
because uh, like, oh, I'm trying to think of like any other stuff that really stands out for me for Shaun of the Dead. Um, I, I guess it's, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe we should just like, you know, shut the fuck up and start watching the movie. Start watching it. I know we talked a while because this is an introduction to, I guess, our trilogy. Yeah, it really is, because this is like one we watch on the reg. Like, this is movies that we will fall asleep to at this point. Um, so we know this one pretty uh, pretty well. <laughs> yeah. It is. They're, they're good comfort food. The Cornetto Trilogy is, like, you know how some movies are junk food? The Cornetto Trilogy is a gourmet burger that you get at a nice place. Uh, It is a gourmet ice cream. <laughs> Duh. Excuse oh, also, me. Also, I want to... I wanna, just brag a little bit here that I'm the only one of us who's ever had Cornetto. Oh, you bitch. I hate you. <laughs> I, I remember that. I actually remember that text that you sent me because it's like, I guess who's got a Cornetto? And I'm like, really, fuck you. Can we like, get them online? Like, order them on like Amazon? Or I whatever? need to find out. If, we, if they can, I will so buy some because I've been wanting to try some for a while because like, I, I don't really care if it's like a one-time thing because I know it's going to be expensive because the import. But yeah. British farms just have their shit together. Any English listeners, your dairy is amazing. I came back to America and I had cheese and it sucks now. <laughs> I worked in an ice cream shop for five years. I went to England for a month study abroad. And oh my god, that ice cream was fucking delicious. It, like, it came from a girl who worked in ice gourmet ice cream shop. Yep, this is better than what we serve back in America. Just the... Well, I don't know, the smooth creaminess, I, I don't know. And this was, like, street ice cream I was having. Like, oh, I know. Like, ice cream in a flake. I feel like they've just got the better <laughs> dairy and vegetables, and this is supposed to be a movie podcast. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, England, I watch too many you. cooking shows. We're apply we might apply for visas, we'll see. This is why you guys don't use spices on your food. Your food's actually good. <laughs> you come to America and you try to make something without seasoning, you die, it tastes like shit. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. We eat spice, <laughs> All we have is corn. Um, Lots of corn. Don't read Upton Sinclair's The Jungle. Don't. You've been warned. Actually, do read it. No, yeah, please read Get it. Broke, bitches. That's right. Don't read it and eat American food. <laughs> Starve. Okay, so I think it's time to start the movie. So if you guys back at home, if you're watching, you, you should have the movie queued up right now. So we are going to be pressing play now. So there's the... And there's the Universal Pictures logo, so. <laughs> oh, you know what's actually interesting about the opening music? They actually found one of the disused uh, tracks from the original George A. Romero, Dawn of the Dead. So they... they Wait, so it wasn't in the original Dawn of the Dead? I think it, it might have been. I forget whether or not whether it actually was, but... The uh, the opening music titles um, they act, there's a, it's actually like a a little bit from uh, the original Dawn of the Dead so yeah George A and George A Romero loves this movie to death like really loves it he's seen it many times uh, before he passed away God rest his soul now I wish I, I had got some of the music for reference because oh yeah the I soundtrack is amazing yeah oh yeah that's another thing folks like we watch these movies on mute because we're not like you know I give us money pay. we don't want the studios to be like give us money. So, uh, we're just, like, kind of watching it on mute. But, anyway, there's Sean, our hero, everybody. It's always, yes. I always love, uh, like, movies that start um, as, like, a portrait shot of the main character. So you just really know exactly who he is and what he is and what he's going to be throughout the movie. I love movies that do that. Like, the opening shot is just <laughs> perfect portrait. 
and of course, we're already getting laughs with Simon Pegg and I, Nick I, Frost. I like little Nick Frost. I like that you sent me that, that picture about how they cuddled. Yes! Oh, okay, this is a wonderful little story. Their friendship is amazing. So, back in the day when they were uh, rooming together, they were super poor. They only had, like, one little... They had this one little studio apartment and this one tiny bed. And so they were living together, and they're like, how are we going to sleep? So they just decided to sleep in the same bed, you know, uh, foot to head... And then that wasn't really working because they were kicking each other in the face too much. They just decided to, you know, sleep back to back. And then afterwards they just said, fuck it, we're just going to cuddle. And that's why anytime you see Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, like, really close together in public, it's because they fucking slept with each other for the longest time. Like, not in a, you know, like a gay way or anything. Nothing, not that there's anything wrong with that. But it's just, just in a, we don't give a fuck if you think we're gay. Exactly. Exactly. And as a matter of fact, I hear it's really, really soothing. Because, you know, guys like guys need love, too. Yeah. We love, everybody needs snuggles. And those two have just gotten closer because of it. So, um, probably all the healthier for it. So what I'm just trying to say out there to you listeners, if you're it, male listeners out there, Sleep with your guy friends. You will become much closer. Get in a cuddle puddle, everyone. <laughs> yes. Save the world, get in a cuddle Although, puddle. all jokes aside, I would pay like 40 whole dollars to go to a movie theater and see a romantic comedy where they were the leads. <laughs> yes. I <laughs> yes. I mean, they kind of did made fun of that in Paul. Like, oh, yeah, they, they make jokes about it, but I mean like a real romantic comedy starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. I'd watch the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. I would too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And the dialogue is very fast paced. It's like. Oh no, I feel bad for talking over it. Oh yeah. I mean, like, they don't waste any time building it up. No, they don't. They just jump right in. I mean, again, Edgar Wright's dialogue is super duper tight. Oh yeah, exactly what you said. Like, you start in the middle of things with the portrait shot, with the argument. Yeah. And I also love how this scene right here, how it ends on the portrait, and then it goes straight into the music. And I love these uh, these shots of the uh, the what, what do you call it? the lateral tracking shots. They always really work well it in makes groceries. You feel like you're like just walking through the day, and since the pacing's the same on each one, yeah, it gets that vibe of going through the motions and being a zombie in your own life. Well, like, going... There's a title drop. And, like, going back to, like, the, if you remember, there was actually another video that Tony Zhu on Every Frame of Painting uh, posted. It was about the lateral tracking shot. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of talking about how, like, this kind of shot is, like, the one of the least subjective camera moves in history, or in cinema, that you can do. Because, uh, you know, it's just you're there, and there's nothing fake about it yeah. um and then of course this joke is one of my all-time favorites oh it's just and it's yawning <laughs> that was me on sunday morning <laughs> i think that's yeah. me every monday morning every monday morning and i'm pretty sure every monday for all of our listeners that was Martha on sunday morning. <laughs> um i also love the uh, the production design here like how it's all me messy and shit like because you know after like later on in the later of the movie you see how clean it is like, I love the before and after compositions. Um, and, and then there's shit like this. This is so bizarre. I've never seen anything like that. The fast cuts. Yeah, the fast cuts to make all this mundane stuff look boo. <laughs> Making all this mundane stuff look like, you know, it's, it's like an action-paced sort of thing. Like well, what he's doing is he's lampooning action films. Yeah, and, it, and it's kind of funny. And it works, it works pretty good here, but it works even better in Hot Fuzz. Like, way better in Hot Fuzz. 
Um, it's almost to the point where you would kind of wonder as if like he was practicing that specifically for Hot Fuzz, but actually, I don't know. And then again, like if you look at Spaced, everything is shot that way. Oh, yeah. Everything is shot that way in space. Well, this whole movie was inspired by that one scene in space where he's like, what, high on speed and trying to play? Like, yes, that's dead. totally where it came from. I love these three characters because, like, I'm 25. We're all, like, 25. Yeah. They're, like, the three type of people you meet in your mid-20s. Um, like, you get people who are kind of like Sean, who are, who are stuck in things but maybe comfortable. You get people who are still regressed, like, still in that college phase. Like, like, yeah, and then you get people who have just realized they're an adult and they better be taking shit real seriously right now, like uh, Peter. So and not leaving the fucking door open. Don't leave the door open. You'll die. You dare to be fucked. I know. I've, I've taken know, the I've garbage done. out and she's locked the doors so that we don't get robbed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, sometimes I don't even know if you're in the apartment. If that's oh, I know, but it's like two seconds. I'm like, you're already on it. We would never get attacked. Speaking of two seconds, is that something you two say like every once in a while when you? Like, you're going to go get something, like, two seconds? Oh, no. Because that's what Ed does all the time, and I love I that. I say, don't lock the door, I'm coming back. Make <laughs> <laughs> it real clear, spells it out. Mm-hmm. So has anyone actually had roommates kind of like Ed? Were you... Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've definitely had friends like Ed. I've definitely had, like, guys who act like they are... 17 even though they're 27 well see that's actually funny that you say that because like i'm actually your sort of nick frost in real life right yeah but you you clean your house of course i do (laughs) and you know well i i do uh sorry well i I clean it too we both do (laughs) um job Although at least to have either of those, so. at least I don't you know fart uh, uh, like give you a, the warning fart. Yeah. I'm sorry, Hannah. And no, also, I'm sorry. Answering machine. Oh so yeah, because it's 2018. <laughs> <laughs> but I also like how we, you run into all those people from the beginning scene. Just yeah, this is actually one of my favorite bits. Like. Oh, doesn't it track back and forth and you see all these same people again? Yeah, no, 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 that's the thing. Like, all these, uh, there's a lot, uh, there's always these constant um, repeats of things. Like, this is this tracking shot is one of my favorite things in there because I love tracking shots. But, you know, it also repeats itself when the apocalypse comes down. And, of course, you know, the joke is he doesn't notice. notice. All um, the slight differences and all this. Which is probably going to be us when we wake up. <laughs> that's, that's, dude, that's, that, well, that's what a hangover will do, and that's what makes it funny. Um, but, yeah, these tracking shots that I, I really, really enjoy because they're... Wait, I haven't um, heard that newscast, like, the last time I watched it. I've only seen this twice. I didn't see the newscast until you put the subtitles on. Oh, yeah, they totally have, like, a... That it's alien zombies. Yeah. It's aliens the whole time, everyone. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But, the, but there's a lot of before and after stuff going on. Like, you, you saw earlier that um, Ed GM was... GM pl- Cobb's brains need to remain. Well, I'm talking about, like, the, uh, um, the, the video game that Ed was playing. Okay. Like, the, the, the exchange that they do, like, oh, go one on the left, and, you know, on, your, on the cover, and, like... There's one up top, like oh, that, that stuff. Com- yeah, that stuff is repeated back at the Winchester. So a lot of stuff comes back, like because as you said, the writing is so friggin' tight. It's like either a reference for something that's going to happen, a joke, uh, character development, or moves the plot along. There's like almost no fat to these. Even when Edgar Wright does product placement, mm-hmm. it is part of the joke. Yeah, right? it totally is. You no, know, in World's End, um, they have a car ad that slipped in there. And it's like, 
new, futuristic, fuel-efficient, like, and then he drives up in the beast like his old fucking clunker from, like, 1995. Yeah. Or um, using, like, Octane Coffee and Goodfellas Pizza. Yeah. Getaway it, Driver movie and Baby Driver. Yes. So you can, you hear, are you listening, you know, Hollywood? You can be clever with your uh, product placement. So every product placement, every, like, when they design uh, signs or props in the background, when they choose a music track. That uh, looks like Ron Weasley. Actual run. <laughs> it, it looks like Ron Weasley, Crab and Goyle all got together and had like a terrible, unwanted child. Oh god, that's an ugly three way to imagine. I, oh. <laughs> I need to drink more now. So, what do you want to do with your life? Mm. Yeah, that's that's a, that. Oh, have you ever had that moment in real life? Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, it, I got you. Got oh, red on you. Good. A great joke. But uh, have you ever had that one time in your life where you're like, I'm gonna, I want to do things with my life, and you're like. When? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I was um in the bathroom talking to one of my coworkers about how like people just turn around after like two months and how it's bullshit, like how big turnover is at work. And she told me as like, yeah, you're not a flake like the rest of them. You look like a lifer. And in that moment, I wanted to die. Oh, oh, oh. dude, I how that hurts. Yeah, that yeah. really hurts. And oh hey, look, Philip. I see the blocking like that when he turns around like that. Just like he has... You could tell that's like a physical... Th it's very unrealistic, but it's made to be creepy it and funny. It works in the horror genre. Oh, totally, yeah. Horror. And of course, yeah, Bill Nye, everyone. That's that's totally... His um, Bill Nye. It, yeah, it's Bill Nye. Uh, and that's totally uh, uh, Davy Jones, everybody. Bill, <laughs> Bill, 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 Oh my god, that's really funny. I've heard there's also like a lot of cameos for, um, oh, and even you've got the military tank. Yep. Um, if, I heard that when he goes into the shop to buy Cornetto, um, the radio's on in like, uh, Hindu or some Indian language, I don't know all the dialects, but, uh, translated, it just directly straight up says, zombies are attacking the city. That's great. Destroy their brain. This is exactly what's going on, but it's not in English, so... Wait, this is one of my favorite bits. <laughs> <laughs> shit popping into frame is in is inherently funny, I swear to God. Shit pops into frame. <laughs> <laughs> is it, also, have you ever had that like one moment where you're just like... Uh, it, like you're totally proven wrong and you're forced to be, do this embarrassing thing like this. This is literally every time you invite me to plants is this is why. I, <laughs> I get a text that like sounds great. Go back to bed. And I'm like. Shh. And I'll also. Yeah. Nothing to panic for. Yeah. And the guy starts running. So they're for my mom. For mom. Super mom. <laughs> First one. Definitely. <laughs> I zombie. Yep. Yes, there was a second pigeon, and a third, and a fourth, if you must know. <laughs> it's, this is... Oh my god. Yeah, this... Oh man, I, I really also love how this this whole movie is actually a, its own, like, really legit good zombie movie. Like, uh, like it, it has its own story and everything, and like it pokes fun of all the cliches. But it still carries through them, like, as if they're really serious, you know? Oh, yeah, there's heart to it. Oh, the bit with his mom, like, I think everyone cries. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard. Because, you know, his mom's so sweet and innocent. 
And it's hard to get heart in a comedy without tonal dissonance. Yeah. yeah. I think most comedies have that sad moment, and then two seconds later, someone's oh, God. shitting. What is her face? Oh, she's from space. Yes, I know, but what is her face? Uh, Jessica... Oh, Jessica Stevens? I'm, Daisy? It's, yeah, it's yeah, a character's it's, name. It's totally Daisy, but it, oh, I feel awful. I, I feel awful no, no, for... in a space. Oh. I know... Because she, she helped write that, too. Oh, yeah, that's why I feel really bad for um, not remembering her name. You know, um, you know what I like about this? What's it's, that? It's so realistic to how people would act in a zombie apocalypse. Like, the world's falling apart around you, and you're so focused in your personal Jessica Hines, that's it. You'd be so focused in your personal problems that you wouldn't notice. Yes. Like, there's an EMT behind them, a police officer, and it's just very much... Well, you've kind of joked about this. Like, even if the apocalypse was almost imminent, people would just go about their days like they wouldn't care. There's a whole... Have you seen uh, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World? That's pretty much the whole premise of it. Yeah, I, I've, I, I've heard you talk about that, but... Well, it's different people react in different ways. Some of the people, you know... I think, like, the first house he goes to just has, like, this huge, you know... He's at the party, an asteroid's going to destroy the Earth, and everyone's just doing meth and heroin and stuff because they're going to die anyway. And it's like, come back to the orgy. Don't be sad. <laughs> <laughs> Where meanwhile, there are other people who are trying to reconnect with their families, other people who are just in denial, like just still going to work day to day. Uh, there's a scene where in the, they're in the boardroom, and it's like, well, Stevens, Jeffs, and Jones have killed themselves, so who wants a promotion? And these people, even though they have a week left to live, is showing up to work every day because what else would you do? Right? So everybody would handle it differently. There'd definitely be people who still got up at 7 a.m. Yeah. to work the day they knew they were going to die. Oh, God bless Sean. He's trying... You know he wants to actually try and get things going, but damn it, he just... He just can't do... Well, I feel like he's in that phase where he'd do anything except change himself. I think he... Deep down, he actually kind of does want to change himself, but... He's still got, no, no matter what, he's still got one foot in it. And I hate to say it, but his relationship with Ed in this movie is actually kind of a toxic relationship. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah, like, that's kind and of what's like even more her. fucked up is, like, when at the very end, when he keeps him in the shed, <sighs> that's still kind of there. Because if you imagine, like, if Ed straight up died, Sean actually would turn out to be a really nice guy. Isn't that awful? <laughs> that is awful because I love Ed in this movie. He's really fun. He's an asshole, but he's really endearing. Yeah. Like, he, but he he's also afraid. To, Sean's afraid to grow up because you know it would turn off his more fun friends. You know, I, everybody's yeah. got that one friend who they're like, yeah, I guess I'll go to a party, party or do this with you or talk to you about this or do this immature thing that I've really outgrown or oh, I don't know. Everybody's got that. I don't know. Yeah. Um. I, I honestly, I think it's just uh like uh what uh, what was I gonna say? Um. Oh yeah, I think he's like the kind of guy there who is sort of there to help him with because uh, I know uh, Sean's character used to be a DJ because you know not just while they're like scratching records later on, mm -hmm. um. But if you actually look in the background of the poster. Uh, that's actually his, was supposed to be his in-character, like, DJ stage shows. Like, he used to go to shows and stuff. So he's um, probably just settling down now, just getting his first 9 to 5, which is, like, the shittiest 9 to 5 you can get is retail. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but, uh, and then we have, uh, the, the other, 
our other two characters, which, God, I, I really need to... Diane and... Um, David, yes. Yeah. I'm just calling <clears> them <throat> Dickhead McGee. Uh, well, they are. I mean, because... I don't know. I really Especially didn't just... Especially the guy who's only going out with her to get to live. Like, fuck this. Oh, dude. my God. Really? I can't wait for you to die, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> to a wonderful mom. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, that's because I thought it would be funny because of what you said about me, you know? I don't want to be my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Liz, I like how Liz has a good head on her shoulder. She's like, I don't want to, like... Yeah, I don't want to take care of you. Exactly. And, and, she makes that very clear because I think some girls in a relationship, they will just, like, take care of a guy. Oh, yeah, I'll do your order, do your clothes, do it now. Unless you're gonna work all day and bring home all the money. <laughs> exactly. Like that's the, that's the only that's the only and excuse. I'll do all the housework. If you're doing all the out of housework, that's fair. <clears throat> oh, I love the framing of the, the right. Window. It's that's really the funny. Window acting as a as a zoom. Oh. <laughs> and of course, it starts raining. <laughs> oh. Man. Uh. I really want to. Oh God! I really wonder where they shot the uh, the Winchester Tavern. I feel like that tavern set in the the first tavern set from the world end world's end. Oh, is it? I feel like I feel like the Starbucks one, right? And the one from Hot Buzz. Possibly. I don't know. I I'd have to. I I don't really know too much about that one to help, but. I don't know if they reuse any of the pubs. Well, either way, I would. De either way, I would definitely like to go to the Winchester. Der apocalypse or no apocalypse? The Winchester sounds like a really fun place. <laughs> We've got a company in our city who's making, um, I think, Gorilla Cinema is the name of them, and mm -hmm. they they're making um, movie themed bars. Mm -hmm. Made the video archive. Um, Overlook, Overlook, which is a shining theme bar, which is amazing. You can actually go get Red Rum. Um, and then I think Tokyo Kitty is supposed to be lost in translation themes, but I haven't gone yet. They should make a English-style pub based off these movies, and they can PayPal me uh, my cut for the idea when it opens. It will basically be me just getting my money back for spending every free minute of my day there. So. Okay. So, where were we? Oh, they just did the whole four short names. Oh, right. Bloody Mary, uh, King's Head? No. Yeah. Oh, oh, is that where they got it from the world's end? No, I don't remember. I think that's just a coincidence. No, it's something, something, a bite off the, the, the bite at the King's Head or something. And right. And then, um, back at the bar for shots. Yeah. Which they do today. That's, that they do their plan. Now, this is actually a fun little thing, like the, uh. How they make up little stories about all the characters that hang around in the Winchester. Have you ever gone to a bar like that and you just start making up shit about like regulars that you've seen? That's on my to do list. I haven't gone <laughs> to a bar enough to meet like regulars and have really good guesses, but I've done that at bars. I've done that on road trips quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, John. John at the bar is a friend of mine. <laughs> he gives me my drinks for, for free. free. <laughs> oh man, Dude, Billy Joel in this movie wouldn't be half bad because <laughs> Edgar Wright always ha consistently has really good soundtracks. Oh yeah. 
Uh, and of course, I think I always credit this movie for um, making one of my favorite Queen songs. The, like the ones that you hear on the radio constantly, but you always smile whenever it goes on. You're my best friend. Oh, yeah. You're my best friend. But a lot of those classic rock songs become like something you grow up with so much that they become white noise. Yeah. Yeah. Although I still do smile anytime I hear it come on the radio. And of course, oh, and of course, this wonderful line, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, but I think a big knockout competition in pool, mm-hmm. and then that comes back in the fight. Yes, I, th- I think it does, yeah. Um, and then there's this whole bit. This is one of my favorite bits with uh, uh, Sean and Nick, or Sean, Sean and Ed. I love this bit where they're just completely drunk off their ass. And then, of course, there's this really great moment. Clap. It's <laughs> 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 just so oblivious. I love it. Yeah. It's really great how ignorance is kind of funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they're drunk, and, and that literally is how I am when I'm drunk. It's like, I don't know yeah. shit. It's when you're caught up in your own world, and you're just Hi, living Hi, baby. Hi. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then there's this bit right here where they're where they're obviously going. But yeah, if you look at the posters in the background, you can actually kind of see um, some of the tour stuff that he does. Those are actually. Um, Did it say Carnage Boy? I think I, so. I yeah. See all the Carnage Boy. I, well, I th- uh, yeah, I think uh, Carn. Oh, Cabbage, Cabbage Boy. Yeah, Cabbage Boy. Um, the... That's supposed to be an in-character thing, but I also think that's an in-joke. Sean Smiley Riley, right there. Yeah, um, but I think it's uh, not. It's supposed to be, you know, obviously his character thing. But I think those posters actually belong to Edgar Wright, who uh, or a friend of Edgar Wright's, who uh, actually worked as a DJ in the early two thousands. Um, career never took off, but he just liked the posters so much that he wound up uh, using it on set for the movie. So, is there a real uh, Sean Smiley Riley? Then I think there might there may be. I know the Cabbage Boy is a real thing. Um, of course, it really wasn't, it was a very short-lived thing. I mean, like, really short-lived. So, um, uh, but I do know that Edgar Wright, like, either Edgar Wright himself or one of his buddies, like, he was an actual DJ that um, did oh, stuff like that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I hate to say it, but uh, he's right. That's true. I hate to, yeah, it's, it sucks, but... As much as I love Ed's character, this is a really opening viewing because, like, I always loved uh, Ed, uh, like uh, Ed's character and all the stuff that he does. But when you really get down to it, it kind of sucks that I have to admit to myself mm-hmm. that he really is bad for Sean. Yeah, but I mean, it is kind of up to you as a. I don't know, because Peter's got a point. Sometimes you hang out with people because. They help you regress, and they also make you feel like an alpha a little bit. Like, and they make you laugh. Yeah. Because Ed's still really funny. Oh, yeah. Ed's definitely still really funny. If we're <clears> talking <throat> about Ed's positive traits. Yeah, whether... I feel like... This feels like an Ed roasting thing. And it, yeah, and Ed. I don't... I do like no. Ed. I really do. He's done nothing wrong. Yeah. And I love that line, though, uh, where it's... <laughs> well, he's done some stuff, right? He's been a bad influence, and he should, he should respect his friend's career and all this. And, he, I mean, but Sean should also grow a spine and stand up, because I don't think Ed knows he's doing This is one of my favorite little bits that he does. He wants, he's writing sort life out. 
like, as a reminder. I've actually done that a couple of times when I was just completely, like, tired and drunk and everything, and just, I need to write shit down. Oh, some people don't eat meat. <laughs> no, but absolutely the people I know who have friends like Ed will, like, not tell them, hey, I need my space, or hey, I need to get to bed. They'll just... <laughs> They'll just keep going with the flow. What oh. these two boys need to do is just have a talk together. Which, Cornetto. <laughs> I mean, they're going to fight zombies together, and then they're going to sort their life out. And here's, the, this is it. This is the after tracking shot. I, I love this. this tracking shot. This is Why one of my... Take this uh, I don't, I, I forget. I think, because uh, I know Edgar Wright likes to do these crazy tracking shots. Um, and he usually actually, this that like, uh, I know he did for Baby Driver, like, the uh, the opening credits uh, tracking the shot, music. yeah, that was actually day one of shooting for them. Like, like he actually likes to. Takes to get the Harlem. I think they I think they did like seven takes of that, um, but yeah, he, he likes to do these crazy long or really technically difficult shots as the first thing, so people can say, okay, the worst stuff is over. Now it's like get to the the less stuff. But yeah, this is always really. <laughs> Guys, there's a lost cat poster on the door, so if any of you guys don't want to sleep at night, I want you all to wonder where that cat is. The, oh. Leave it in the comments what you thought happened to lost cat. The, uh, <laughs> oh, I also love that, that little slip that he does. Like it's, oh, and the blood just... Well, you see, the thing is, I've actually gone back and looked. There's no blood on the floor. That's something that they just kind of did. And I still love that little uh, touch because it's still implying that there's a lot more blood than <laughs> there actually is. Because, like, you know, it, you obviously don't want to put that stuff down for the actor because that could potentially, you know, actually screw up the take. Yeah. You don't want them, like, actually slipping. You want a more controlled thing. But, yeah, this whole before and after thing yeah, is like just... Yeah, one Shakespeare play, they did actually put, like, blood on the stake and the actor slipped in, like, while the play was going on. Yeah, so not did. good. I mean, uh, granted, on film, you can always do another take, but, you know, tracking shots like these are always very economically expensive and time-consuming to do. So you want to try to get them done. No, I don't have any change. <laughs> and then, of course, this is one of my favorite things. I, I really wish more people did this uh, in other movies, where he turns on the TV, just, you know, click, and <laughs> it's <laughs> how it syncs up perfectly. Panic on the streets of London. Did you know this movie was my introduction to the Smiths? Oh, really? Yes. That's... I, I looked up this song. That's funny. And there is that the ending bit of the song. Um, I think I told you this. Just keep saying, uh, hang the DJ, hang the DJ, hang the DJ. <laughs> That's awesome. It's my favorite part of the song, and I don't know if Edgar Wright did that intentionally because it's not in the movie. But, um, I, th I think that's just a really good coincidence. I can't almost... Did, now, was that part of the movie? No, no, no. It doesn't say the, the, the end of the song. It's just the line, Panic in the Streets of London. Oh, I okay. I looked it up, and I discovered the smell. Okay, because um, that would have been a nice little intro, but you know, I, I bet Edgar Wright kind of wanted to use it. It just... He didn't find a place for it in the movie. Oh, yeah. But either way, and then we have our first zombie encounter after, you know, got... God knows how many like near like close encounters with a zombie these two have had. <laughs> and almost and only now do they finally get to it. Speaking of coincidences, can I run something past you and tell you, uh, and you tell me if you think it's stupid? Is 
the the idea that this is based off classic horror movies, and then the character whose name is Ed has the shirt that says wood on it. Like, cause I can't oh, <laughs> that's actually a really funny connection. Um, I don't think so. I think it's maybe, maybe like because. Because I've called him that accidentally, referring to his character, because I don't think we know his last name. I've called him Ed Wood before. Um, wow, that, that, wow, that's actually a really good point. Like, Wait, Ed Wood's a real dude. Yeah, he is. Ooh, I, did, I didn't notice that. See, see what I mean? This is why, you know, watching the Cornetto movies, every movie you watch, it, uh, there's always something new that you find. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you always get these big laughs. <laughs> and then there's this one moment that's coming up. I, I, it's, I still like just it blows my mind how friggin' funny this is. Um, and dead. Bloody Mary first thing in the morning. Oh yeah, it, God. See what again? More things. A Bloody Mary. It's totally a Bloody Mary, isn't it? Wait, you knew this? I no no no. I mean, I, that, oh, yeah. it's just one of those little details that kind of like go past your head. Like, you don't really notice the first time around? Oh, yeah, but the, the second time around, you notice it right away. It's not hard to get the second time around. I missed it. But this is I little... love how they Wait. frame his face. In <laughs> just the way it winds <laughs> up. Just like, shut up. <laughs> Gotta Instagram that shit. <laughs> his Polaroid camera. Boomer, watch out. God. God, I love how slow Anybody these things are. <laughs> After Dad was my introduction to zombies. Also, can we also talk about how freaking British this movie is? Like, it just bathes in its Britishness. Like, it's it's the the calls. It's not a busy line. It's engaged. Yeah. Oh, and then there's this little moment. This is great. Well, yep, they're still there. So <laughs> I, wait, wait, and yeah. <laughs> greatest things about the movie like is the Britishness plays to the comedy so well because action is just such a traditionally American genre yeah at least these sort of shooter actions um are very very American um <laughs> so to have a British response to have <laughs> instead of people going in guns blazing having people being like oh well this is inconvenient Want to have a want to have a sit? Let's, let's drink and wait this out. Like, or, let's watch the telly. And I also. Oh my god! Okay, that shot is great. I really love how they promoted that in the trailers. It's like two heroes will rise off of their couch. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh my god! This is so wonderful. I need to watch the trailer to this because I always complain. I don't think anybody saw The World's End because The World's End has a trash tier trailer that makes it look like The Hangover, but a bad version of The Hangover. Oh, it's nothing like it. It is the saddest trailer representation of all time, so I'm not surprised that oh, I've nobody seen sadder. saw it. Nobody saw World's End for a good reason, and that's because the trailer looked like shit. Like, it yeah. Looked like, it looked like all, it was all the drinking jokes and none of the other jokes that weren't just, we're going to get drunk. Although, I honestly, I still, like, try to tell people who haven't seen The World's End, um, and if any of you listeners are out there, follow my advice. I tell them, don't watch anything, don't look at anything, go in completely blind. All you need to know is it's about five friends getting together from high school um, for, a drinking, for a drinking, for a drink, for a pub crawl, and everything goes wrong. But they're, like, 40 now. That's, that's, <laughs> that's all you need to know. 
I don't, because, you know, from, well, now I'm going to spoil it, but the whole, uh, the whole alien thing, I love how it catches people off guard. It's not even necessary. No, because, like, it I, works, but it's, you wouldn't it's not, it. but I love going, uh, like, doing, uh, uh, throwing, uh, or just throwing them into that, and they don't know, so when it's revealed, they're like, this took a left field turn! <laughs> the other thing about Britishness is when not everybody has guns in their house, the violence gets more creative. Yes. It's almost like a good censored comedy. It's like a good children's comedy. Oh, and this is probably some of my favorite. Thing. That's the second album I ever bought! <laughs> oh, I love it when they go through it and it's like, can I get rid of this record? Yes, no. what what record would you give away? <laughs> that was yet! No. Through Monday. That was an original pressing! <laughs> But what? The, uh, let's see what we got here. Purple rain? No, no. Batman soundtrack. Throw it. Die straight. Throw it. But I love their priorities here. Stone Rose? No. He's like, I like it. That's lizards. <laughs> I had to rewatch the scene and, and use it to um. To pick out my new songs I'm going to listen to. Oh, and then there's I've this. so much music through Edgar Wright. Though. Yes, and then there's this. The I Cricket Bat. That. Oh my god, that is the most yeah. British thing. <laughs> no, but I straight up love action movies that are set outside America. Because with gun control rights, you, 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 you just... Every, everybody has to find random shit to kill things with. And it's awesome. You know, like when all you have is darts and like cars, maybe, and the one crazy guy in the woods <laughs> who owns a gun. The look on Sean's face. And Ed don't even give a fuck. Ed's eating his cornetto, no problem. You got red on you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, you know what's weird about that? You know that almost rhythmic beating that they just had. I'm surprised that Edgar Wright actually didn't put any music over that because there is like a like a distinct rhythm to it, but. Infesticon. But it's played for but it's played for silence. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like I, I never really understood that. I, mean, I guess I guess it's kind of uncanny to hear like a thump, thump, thump. I guess it, it plays to the horror yeah, aspect I, of the show a little I, bit. I, I guess he was just trying to like use the uh, the sound effects as rhythm rather than having the music drive the rhythm. Because he I know he does it later on when they start playing Queen. Well, maybe he just didn't want to overdo that same thing. I, yeah, that's probably another thing that he just wanted to avoid. Like, so there's a little bit more uh, punch to it when he, when Queen starts playing. Yeah. Again, with the engaged, like it's it's just revels in the British. Oh yeah. And of course, here is where we find out about Philip. Poor Philip, he has to go. <laughs> More like Phil Rip, am I right? No. <laughs> <laughs> like that audio silence he gave me. You're so cool. Of course. <laughs> like I can hear the Britishness from like their vocabulary. No, Philip has. <laughs> I <laughs> <just> goes, <laughs> and of course, now we have the uh, um, one of the more famous things from th this movie, the plan. Right. <laughs> have you ever had this like play out in your own head? 
Like you have a list of things to do and you just kind of repeat them over and over. Sorry, Philip. Bomb. <laughs> I know I sent this clip to people. Like, I think after like the... I'm a genius. <laughs> the the <laughs> mug says I'm a genius. <laughs> I think when people have asked me like, what are you doing about the polar vortex? I'd send them like, oh, we're going to sit the Winchester wait for us to blow over. That's right. You better damn believe I it. I said that to you like when all my friends were like live watching like the 2016 election trying to figure out what was going on. And I'm like, I'm just ready to sit at the Winchester and wait for this to all move. I think we've been, uh, in that I case. I've that a lot during disaster scenarios. Yeah. <laughs> like, every time the world's ending a little bit, I'm like, I'm going to go to the Winchester. Have a few drinks and wait for all this to blow over. <laughs> cool, like cool. mug is, like, different. <laughs> of course. It's, gr it's really wonderful. <laughs> My issues is, is I, I dated a British girl, I, I did go to her house, and um, her, like, plate, bowl, cabinet, like, a whole shelf of her cabinet was just about 75 different tea mugs, and all, ah. of, them all of them were her favorite, um, I like the idea that Sean has, like, so many different mugs. And of course, here it's having a cold pint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Slice yeah. of fried gold. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. <laughs> it is vital that you stay in your homes. Make no attempt to reach loved ones. <laughs> yeah, who listens to the telly, right? Fuck the police. <laughs> Wait, that's the next movie. That's, oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Is it, any zombies out there? Oh, this is a really funny little commentary. Like, don't say that. What? The Z word. word. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. It's ridiculous. And of course, I love how you know, like you know, shows like The Walking Dead or even the comic, they don't ever say zombie. They because they are kind of embarrassed to say zombie, which is weird. Oh, there they are. <laughs> well, it's almost. I think it's also ridiculous. More ridiculous when you find, like, shows where they'll use a word that isn't zombie. Like, they'll be like, walkers, or the unwoken, or some bullshit. Yeah. I think, realistically, people would say zombie, and then say, you know, the situation that's going on. We're not gonna say zombie, because it sounds so dumb. Another nice little callback to Pete. With Mirren. Oh, oh, I know. Well, now, with the, now it's the, uh, the added tension of the, uh, the shower curtain, which is, of course, you know... We don't know if he's alive or dead. <laughs> well, it's also the Hitchcock thing. Well, we totally know. Any anyone knows any yeah, yeah, horror yeah. one knows that he's dead already. Yeah. And then um, the, the other DJ the poster says pest. I don't know if that's an infected. I'm reading all the posters. This is my like fourth time watching this. <laughs> and of course, it, that's got to be really awkward having your naked neighbor trying to mm -hmm. eat you as a zombie. <laughs> Nope. Just nope. nope. Big nope. Run. <laughs> nope. I don't think nope. That's, that's just just take it and run. <laughs> Wrong. That was that was me. Ignore that. We've been eating soup. Don't you? Oh boy! I know what's running through your head right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there he is! There, there he is! Alright, I'll stop. Jack, <laughs> 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 think about the zombie apocalypse? 
people would be streaking. Yeah, well, I mean, like ninety. Zombies. Well, of course, like ninety percent of first the original cases would probably come from. You know, people in their homes in bed or in hospitals. There's a manga that I've been trying to get you to read called I Am A Hero, which is about, like, one guy who owns a gun in Japan. Nobody else owns a gun in Japan during a zombie apocalypse. And there's one zombie who gets turned into a zombie while she's sucking dick. And the guy walks out of the room and it, he's, like, bleeding to death because that's kind of the moment she turned. <laughs> nice. It's the worst. Worst. Yikes. I've ever seen. Now, this is really funny. I love how guilty that they feel. <laughs> like, oh, did, hello. Are you a zombie or not? <laughs> Please tell me. Come on, let's just go. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and. Check. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> Back to the music. Can you imagine some people would turn into a zombie in, like, the worst situation. Yeah. What's the worst situation you could think of turning a into a zombie during? Oh, God. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard to beat, you know, giving head to someone. <laughs> like, that's that's just, yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe, like, uh, um... God, I really can't think of anything worse than that. I'm sorry, but when you start out with a zombie giving head and turns right there and then, it's kind of hard to think of something that can beat that. That's really hard, okay? Uh, I guess, like, uh, like when you're about to um, uh, see your long-lost parents or something like that, I don't know. But either way, it's really awful. What if you were driving a car with other passengers, and then there was a whole scene where they had to drive around your body, like, just had to push you out of the way and continue steering the car for you? Well, I mean, they'd probably... Ugh, should, wouldn't they be able to stop? Yeah. Well, what if you were on the highway or something? Mm. Just to steer to a mm. stop. Yeah, I think, I think the head zombie wins. Oh. I think Japan's weird, and we can't beat it. No. And that's just... Yeah, that's the fact of life. Yeah. Where's, where's our God? <laughs> Throughout the land, men and women of integrity rise up to confront the unseen enemy. <laughs> why is Bill, why is his stepdad so, like, unnecessarily creepy? Because <laughs> he's just Bill, he just gives, like, no cues, and all you know is that he's bitten. <laughs> <laughs> What have you done? <laughs> you naughty boy. <laughs> Cricket bat. <laughs> also, his mom is super sweet. Oh, I know. I love Barbara. Like, so, I'll make some sandwiches. Sandwiches and tea. Sandwiches with tea. Love you, pickle. <laughs> and that's, I guess that's why a lot of people just like totally lose it when she has to finally kick it at the end of the movie. Oh, man. She just doesn't want to be a fuss, is all. Oh, man. That's another thing that comes back. It's like, oh, I don't want to be a fuss. Oh, and my that's... God. Barbara is so pure. Right. And then you are at that age where you're an adult, but you're young enough that your mom still moms you. Yep. You know, and takes care of you. Well, I mean, I think that's kind of true for, like, no matter what age you are. Oh, yeah. I haven't gotten old enough to be... I know, uh, the first time I saw Shaun of the Dead was with my dad's parents. 
And he had had a bit to drink, and he just regresses when he drinks. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, this is stupid. You said there were going to be zombies. There aren't any zombies. This is boring. We're turning it off. Nicholas, it's it's 11.30. Go upstairs. And he's like, no, Mom. Hannah and I are staying up. <laughs> Get us beers, Mom. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think even at like what, I think like fifty. That was uncalled for, Sean. Yeah, that was uncalled for. Behind that, like yeah, you regress around the people that you associate a certain age with. Oh yeah, my dad definitely acts like he's sixteen, even though he's fifty-six. Around his <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Which gives me an excuse to regress, and we all just act like big babies as they shake our heads. Oh, and then there's this wonderful bit. You Sometimes you just have to be a man, Sean. <laughs> there's this. With the glint on the beautiful red light. And of course he pusses out. He totally pusses out. <laughs> Sean wants to do everything right, but he just doesn't do it. Well, he, yeah, he's a wimp. Yeah. He's he, he's actually the uh, the the wimpiest of of Simon Pegg's characters in all three of these movies because yeah. you you look at Shaun of the Dead Shaun of the Dead he is just a pathetic wimp who really needs to grow up and eventually does Nicholas Angel is uh, someone who is so good at his job that he is detached from everything else. And Gary King is just an asshole. <laughs> uh, Gary King just hasn't achieved anything in his life, so he's clinging to the point in his life where he did achieve something. No, Philip. Yeah, where he was cool. Yeah. In high school, you can be cool for just having the right image or having a good time. Yeah, sorry. If you peak in high school, or if you like have fond memories of high school, uh, yeah, you probably need to rethink your life. Oh, you peeking at? You can have fond memories of high school. Fond memories is good, but if like if you look at high school and you're like, that was my peak, that and I'm never, and you're like, dude, <laughs> you need to get you need to get out more. Yeah. And and I don't mean the pub. Okay. <laughs> get out of the pub and go to the library. Ah, uh, you guys are such butt hurt nerds. Did some jock push you into a locker? I'm yes. sorry. Yes, actually. I am. I'm so against this whole. Hating on people who went to parties and stuff. I, there, there's two aspects of life. You, you've got to go out and meet people and drink and have a good time. And sometimes in high school, you're too insecure to do that. And that waits until college for you. And that's fine. But I'm so over the people who are like, I don't need... Well, while you guys were out fornicating, <laughs> I was learning knowledge. While you were out having premarital sex and drinking, I studied the blade. I'm like... There, there's two sides to life, you know? Yeah. You've got to go to the library and the pub. If you just go to the library, you won't have any life experience. Well, yeah. And if you just go to the pub, you won't have any worldly perspective. Like, I... Yeah, just change it up. Yeah. Some of the nicest people I've met are, are jocks and cheerleaders, and some of the nicest people I've met are nerds. And I love how this shot also mirrors the last time he was thrown out. Yeah. Oh. Only this time, only this time it's interesting is the camera pushes in, and the zombies close in as if, like, the claustrophobia is starting to go. Because the last time, the camera pushes out as, you know, because, you know, Liz is walking away. And, you know, his whole life is expanding and he's all alone. Mm -hmm. But now this time it's played in reverse. And I love these little, you know, before and after sort of things. 
Um, <laughs> he actually climbs in through the window. <laughs> what was it? There was a great quote, I think, that like what Simon Pegg was saying. It's like all three of us kept going to the pub, like me and Nick Frost and Edgar Wright. Yeah. Um, I think it was like Nick's girl girlfriend kept, you know, getting mad that he was spending all the time at the pub with his friends and not reaching out. Um, and having new life experiences and not experiencing life. Yep. And my girlfriend, Edgar Wright, felt the same. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I think he was always trying to get them to go to, like, networking events and studio events and, like, like meet other people in film and TV. And they were in a rut yeah. when they made this movie. So, as we can see now, uh, Sean's plan is really starting to fall apart because he just doesn't really think about other people. It's not his fault. It's just something like he his character lacks. But um, well, his plan was like three steps long. Yeah, it's that's not true. Very much compensating for their feelings. <laughs> no, it's not at all. <laughs> um, however, it, when you really step back at it and look at his plan, it's really not that not very smart at all. Because like, it, it honestly would be a lot better if they just stayed in at, at Liz's place. Um, the only reason why they want to go to the Winchester is because you know Ed can smoke there. <laughs> that's the only reason. Um, but uh, this does, does bring up an interesting question. Do you guys have, like, a, uh, a step plan for the zombie apocalypse? No. No? No. no. Okay. I have a, a step plan for if my power goes out, because that's more likely to happen. I guess my zombie apocalypse plan is... Um, I, I, I'm going to go from McDonald's to McDonald's using their fryer fuel to, like, fuel my generator and just hang out for, like, a month at each one and then walk a mile to the next one. I have a freezer full of food, which also serves as, like, a quarantine for any zombies that I push in there. Like, and infinite energy. Infinite energy, infinite food. I live at McDonald's now. <laughs> that, well, that's, that's my that, apocalypse that's, plan. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> but you wouldn't take anyone on along the way? Like, you wouldn't no, go out to get that anyone? No, makes things complicated. You take think, people along the way, you get all those, like, power struggles, and... And that's how most people die in zombie movies, that's, arguing with each other. That's very true. I mean, uh, let's face it, like, these guys, sh if these guys were, like, moved any faster, they all would be dead. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I would, I honestly would uh, try to get, like, a few people together. Not a whole lot, but just enough to make us feel safe, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but, like, uh, it, the group should never get any bigger than double digits. That's my rule. Like, nine is the maximum, but ideally, like, four or five. Yeah, you don't want a society. No. No, no, no. You don't no, no. want a society. <laughs> you don't want enough that you can't solve a problem with, without... I want any problem to be able to be solved with, fuck it, you guys can have my food. Shut up. And walking away passive-aggressively. If that can't solve a problem, your group's too big. Yep. If your rations can't be solved by you giving up a portion today, like... Yeah. Too bad. God, I love what a bad influence Ed is. Just chill out. Come on. It's a shortcut. This is all right. I'm driving you <laughs> Ed just wants to like just do all the things that he can't normally do. Which is also probably I one of the... I want to drive. It's the, it's the lawless song. We were just talking about how like Sean didn't take into consideration other people's sins. But like, look at Ed. He's, the, he's way worse at Sean than that. He's just like... Fuck it, I want to drive a Jaguar. <laughs> I'm going to crash this perfectly good car so I can drive a Aww. Jaguar in the middle of an apocalypse. This is so... Oh, yeah, no, Ed's an asshole. We've established Ed's an asshole. 
And this is so sweet. Like it, it it's crazy how Bill, uh Philip's character has just been so creepy up here and then and then this shit happens. Like, Aww. god damn it, movie, why would you do that? <laughs> because it's got heart and he's just a like a stoic older man who wanted to be like a like a stern but loving influence, you know, and show him how to keep a stiff upper lip, right? Yeah, and yet and he and he felt like he didn't quite do it. Just Aww, man. <laughs> oh god, what the hell? You're not playing Suicide Driver 3 here. <laughs> Suicide Driver, I would play that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the motorcyclist head. I'm sorry. That's a lovely little prop right there. Right? Come on, chill out. It's everything's right. <laughs> That's you when you're driving. That's how you would drive. Chill out. Come on, man. It's all right. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll just do Tokyo Drift. Woo! Where is he gone? <laughs> He's dead. No, oh shit! Out. <laughs> Get out! Now that's a scary. That's oh, a scary shit. thing. Like being trapped in a car. In a car. Oh, and then the child locks. Oh my god! No, oh. that terrifies me because What's my that? mom's car still has child locks on it. Yeah. She never got able to undo. She doesn't know how to undo them. She has to walk around the side. You know, actually, I just realized I missed this earlier. But when you know he was talking about the child locks. That feels like that that's was, a metaphor. Yeah, that totally feels like a an extension of you know his relationship with Sean. You know. Oh yeah. That's how that thinks like Sean is a child, or like he's like still has. Yeah, he thinks of Sean, Sean as a child, which let's face it, he is. Well, I was like, just thinking about Sean's life and yeah. Well, inter I guess you can interpret it as as you will. Just Sean's life in general is that he's still got child locks on. He's still got training reels on. He still goes to his mom and his girlfriend to help him out. So of course his mom still has child locks on the car. <laughs> I love that moment where he just oh. turns off the music. <laughs> Man, you still love inside the car. Click. <laughs> we had a physics teacher that was talking about ghosts mm -hmm. one time. And he was talking about how he didn't believe in ghosts. And then there was um, supposedly the ghost of, like, this old preacher man, like, strict guy who lived in his house. And he would turn off the radio any time, like, he would play, like, I think, like, really explicit rap music was what he was into. Mm-hmm. And so he'd leave it on, and like static would go on, the dog would start barking, and then the radio would just shut off whenever he played explicit music. <laughs> I don't remember if it was rap or rock and roll, but he's like, I kind of believe in that ghost. Yeah. Who <laughs> just hated my music. <laughs> also, this little bit coming up is probably one of the most ingenious stage. Uh, like, I, I love the casting and I love the staging in this and how it all perfectly works <laughs> for the comedy. <laughs> Hey, it's Martin Freeman cameo. He, 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 I'm great. You know that they have the exact same situation. Yes, I love this. <laughs> I love the blocking. I love the casting. Because to me, this... Oh, like there's a ginger Ed in the back. Yes. Yeah, this actually kind of reminds me of a lot of the jokes that they did on Space. Because I remember Edgar Wright saying he kind of wanted to do a, uh, a live action show with the comedy of The Simpsons. Or there's a lot of visual jokes that would work so much easier in animation because, you know, you could draw the characters to look similar to other characters for gags like this. Like at one point where uh, uh, Tim uh, gets hired, gets replaced in the comic book shop and it's by a character who looks just like him. But <laughs> like, that is great. Oh, and of course, 
a staple of the Cornetto trilogy. Garden walls, right? Yeah. Yes, the fence gag. Uh, we all love the fence gag. This is never taking a shortcut. I also love how there's a, you, you can actually kind of hear the dog in the background. Oh, yeah. And it actually sounds like, you know, it almost sounds like a laugh track. <laughs> like the dog in the background serves as the movie's laugh track. When you're talking about filming uh, cartoon elements as if they're realistic. I, I had to almost just think of Monty Python. Mm -hmm. And how, you know, if something is done in a animated forum, it seems silly. But if it's done live action, but it's that type of humor, it's so freaking surreal. Yeah, it is. And some of the stuff in space is very much kind of like cutaway gags. And, and, and then you have shit like this coming up right here. Because this is like one of my uh, um, <laughs> favorite little things. Oh, wait, no, I get, I guess not. But it's uh, it's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of a Ferris Bueller thing. Does that feel like a Ferris Bueller knockoff? If it was in slow motion, if it, if it was in slow motion, I feel like that would have been like a Ferris Bueller uh, parody or homage or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go get it. Uh, come on, can't you find a more blunt object? Well, yeah, not the chair. You want to get something else? What are you doing? <laughs> He's so lazy about it. Yes, tetherball pole. And yeah, really, really. You didn't go to the pole. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the woman returned about a fight. Oh, I know. There you go. Got him, Sean. Yes. Sean the Impaler, I like that. I am Feel free to <laughs> That's another thing about these people. They're such idiots, but they don't ever help out at all. Oh, yeah, and, and yeah, they shit all over Sean for being a wimp when they're not any better. Yeah, oh, and this is great. I'm going to check if it goes. It doesn't pan I up. I love how the camera doesn't move. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> that is. Yeah, see, that is good cam work. It really goes to show you that what you sh what you choose to show and what you don't choose to sh to show, it can make so much of the difference and make a a, a visual gag pop so freaking well. Yeah, because then the visuals themselves, the timing is the joke. Yeah, because you know, going back to that every frame of painting video. Like, it's kind of amazing how most comedies nowadays, especially American comedies, just really rely on the dialogue. There's oh, yeah. no visual thing. It's just, you know, people standing and talking in masters, which is kind of boring. Mm -hmm. And when you, sh and th you there know. there is a visual thing, it's so extreme and it has tonal dissonance. Yeah, it's like a one-off thing. And you're like, hey, that's really funny. Can we see more of that? Yeah. Well, it's almost like they interrupt a, a drama to put a joke in it. Yeah. So they they have a dramatic dialogue to move the plot along, and then they stop, and then they do the joke. And mm -hmm. then they do the plot, and then they do the joke. Where the plot and the joke and the character development kind of all go hand in hand. Exactly. It's it's all interwoven completely. Mm -hmm. Barbara, that's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> me, though. That's how I... Two, two me IRL for me that's, IRL. Exactly. That's what another thing that I love about this movie is how it kind of pokes fun at 
how people are normal, how normal people really are zombies in just real life. Like when you have Sean yawning and it turns, it sounds like it's a zombie moan, but it turns out he's just yawning. Or when he's there, you know, you're just so detached from everything and just staring into space or into your phone that you look like zombie. That's great commentary yeah. and it's funny. It's 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 funny without being preachy, oh, yeah. and that's that's wonderful. It's <laughs> so bad. Come on, guys! Haven't you watched Walking Dead? You're supposed to coat yourself with zombie blood. Why you're terrified and you're tense? Oh oh. Passing by, fine enough. Yeah, that's true. Um, oh yeah, it's so apparently. Do you know how they actually got all these extras in? They paid him like a dollar a day, something ridiculous. Well, you know how they got all those people to get there, though? How? Uh, it turns out because Space was such a huge hit in uh, the UK, they actually just literally looked at the Spaced Forums fan, or the uh, Spaced Fan Forum on the on the internet, yeah. and they posted, hey, we we're, we're need extras for this zombie movie. Uh, well, come on, come on down. So all these people are actually uh, huge fans of Spaced. Oh, yeah. And actually, speaking of space, if you look closely, there was one guy in the background who's wearing bright yellow. That's actually tires. Hey! From uh, yeah, you see him yeah. right there. Like he's uh, you see tires in the background. He's zombified, so they brought him in there. So <laughs> there's like a lot of visual references to space. And by the way, anyone who's listening, if you haven't seen space, please do yourself a favor and go watch it. It is on Amazon Prime right now. It's. Uh, I, I also think it's on YouTube too. Oh. Oh, it's on YouTube, but I the think... The quality isn't great, but it's still... on YouTube was... But it's still pretty good. But it, yeah. it's still, like, worth watching. Just go watch Space. It's, if you love the Cornetto trilogy, you'll love Space. Yeah. If you don't have money, watch it on YouTube. Yes. Because <laughs> it's, it's still worth watching. And yeah. it's early 2000s cheap camera. You're not missing much nope. video files here. And uh, also, there's another uh, recurring motif that <laughs> most people don't really pick up on on the, uh, the Cornetto trilogy. Um, and you're about to see them, uh, creepy twins. Oh, I saw the twins earlier. The yeah, well, they were right, guys, they're, over they're, they're coming, no, they're right there. There we go. Yeah, the creepy twins. There's creepy twins in all three of them. Right we have the creepy there. twins in, the, right here in Shaun of the Dead. We have the creepy twins that work in the butcher shop in, uh. Oh, the butcher twins. And yeah. Then, of course, the two-headed dog. In, in The World's End. So, it's not. Four snacks. Yeah, isn't that, but isn't that weird? Like, I think uh, Edgar Wright is, he must be just like a huge fan of The Shining. That feels like a call, a shout out to the the, uh, the Grady twins from I The Shining. Queen lyrics are in all of them too. I think so, yeah, yeah. Um, is Queen in Hot Fuzz? I don't know. I don't know about Hot Fuzz. I know World's End. I know Two-Headed Dog is in a song. Yes. <laughs> and then this one's got copious amounts from Queen. Oh, totally. Like, I mean, uh, but, but I'm running away. <laughs> I just, <laughs> but just like awkwardly go in. <laughs> oh, and this is a really wonderful little piece. Like, I actually love how he threw the tra threw it in the trash, and then he threw the same trash can at them. That's really good blocking. I love how that everything comes back. Everything is connected. It's just tight. Just lots of editing. It is tight. Well written. Mm-hmm. You can get all the, It's got good joke efficiency. It, dude, really. I like, think I watched, like, a video on, like, joke efficiency, how many jokes a minute certain shows had. I think they compared, like, Office to the Friends, uh, the Office to Friends, and 
how like some things have laugh gags and they put aside whole scenes to say jokes versus multiple jokes happening visually and whatever. I think almost every line here is a joke or foreshadowing or plot character related or yeah, there's very, very little fat. And yeah. that's what I really love about his writing. And you go back and watch any of his movies, dude. Like, there's all, it, it, all of his movies' writing are like that. Um, and they're not afraid of the puns either. <laughs> At all. Like, you know, no, no, these people don't eat meat. Mm-hmm. Or, or um, I was like, you know, it's not the end of the world. Thud. It's, you know, shit like that. It, it, he, he doesn't shy away from it. And that's, re- and I, that's what I really love. The bitter end or longer end. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but now they're held up in the Winchester. And I sw- You've got a muscle. You know, I know. <laughs> I, also, also, I really wonder if, you know, Edgar Wright specifically uh, shoots in uh, bars and pubs constantly just so he can get drinks on set. Because. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, because granted, I know the movie came, because, like, we all know how, the story of how uh, the Cornetto Trilogy got made, because, like, you know, uh, like, the whole, or, like, the whole reason the Cornetto Trilogy is called the Cornetto Trilogy, because um, he wrote in the Cornetto ice cream for a ice cream hangover, because when Edgar Wright got hammered, like, really, really hammered, um, he would always uh, have an ice, a Cornetto ice cream in the morning to cure the hangover. So he just wrote that into the script, and that sort of weird motif became like a reference to the uh the the three colors trilogy <laughs> for some reason try that, um but uh yeah it, it turns out the the ice cream was a, a a hangover cure so these movies were literally because the uh uh the filmmakers drank too much <laughs> well now i'm thinking about the placement of the ice creams in the films like you have ed with the cornetto and obviously maybe that insinuates he was partying all night yeah i remember the one in world's end maybe it's like you know the end of the world came and i think that end of the world is supposed to be like the world's greatest hangover yeah the world's greatest wake up yeah i don't miss anything and then the cornetto flies by when did they have it in Hot Fuzz? I know they were waiting in the car once, and there was a second time that they had Cornetto. Well, it, I've actually, it, you could it's say Nick that Angel doesn't drink it was much. no, it was actually after uh, when Nick when Nicholas just gave up on the case when ah. he just said screw it. He's like, "What do you want from the shop, Cornetto?" Yeah, yeah. And it was like when he totally gave up, and and it was when you know the lady said, "Hey, good luck having those trouble having or uh, uh, trouble those, those killers, killers then. then killers." And that's where, you know... Just the one killer, actually. Wait a minute. Exactly. And, and of course, I really love <laughs> I it. I love this one. Thanks, babe. <laughs> like I said, I would watch a romantic comedy with them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, it's almost to the point where you don't want... As a romantic interest. Yeah. It's, it's Not, the... like, the actors. Yeah, it's totally... But, like, playing characters who were in a couple... Wow, can you imagine how much better this movie would be if the relationship was with... Um, Sean and Ed and not Ed, Sean and Liz. Yeah. This would be amazing, wouldn't it? Because who, ca- who cares? This movie is the greatest love triangle supernatural thriller ever. So fuck <laughs> it, Twilight. Fuck it. <laughs> this is the best supernatural love triangle movie well, all the time. I also, YA authors, take note. I also <laughs> love how Edgar Wright coined this movie as a term as the Zom Rom Com. <laughs> It really is. I mean, that's kind of what he wanted to do. Like, he wanted to do a romantic comedy with a bunch of zombies so he could call it a zom rom-com. There's so many good movies where 
they try to make it about a relationship but with a guy and a girl, but the guy and his best friend are obviously, like, the rom-com staple. Oh, yeah, you look at it and Venom. you're like, why isn't this about... <laughs> Venom is a great romantic comedy about a man <laughs> and the aliens that might inside him. Or uh, Top Gun. Top Gun, yes. The most in-the-closet movie of the 80s, like, Jesus Christ. Oh, man. And, of course, oh, yeah, there's this wonderful little shot coming up. I love this. And... Oop. No, it's not it. How about... Anything with flashing lights. <laughs> uh, nope. <laughs> and then this. <laughs> just, nope. <laughs> just, nope. What else can you do? <laughs> Oh, and then there's this wonderful little gag. Like, they're going through the TV, and, like, it's all, like, on standby. But watch really closely if you look. Um, it's a really quick flash, and it's really hard to miss. Is but there one channel that's on? Yeah, well, it's the channels that are on. Like, they're all the major news networks. Yeah. But then you look, go back, and it's Discovery. <laughs> and Bravo. MTV. <laughs> like, things that should not be, like, any sort of news, but... <laughs> What well, do you remember the uh, whitest kids? Do you know skit where the aliens have kidnapped all the world world smart people? Yeah, and MTV is the only news network. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a reference. Who knows? Well, this was circa two thousand. Way before. Okay, yeah, yeah, because this is two thousand four. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be funny if it came on is and it's like whatever. Chat. Oh shit. MTV. It's the queen. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> no! <laughs> I also love how that machine is in all the, the movies. Dracula. It's, it's, uh, th that, uh, that thing is actually in the background in all three of the Cornetto trilogies in the, in the pubs. Because as you because as we said before, Edgar Wright really likes to have his movies sit place in a pub. Possibly because he likes to drink on set. <laughs> but definitely because he likes to drink in life. That uh, and I also argue he writes characters that do love to drink as well. So yeah, but it, <laughs> either way, it's really it's really funny how that thing comes up, and how I really also love how in each of the bars, especially in the World's End, how diverse they all are. Oh, like because yeah. if, if you watch all of them, they're the pubs are very very different from one another, mm -hmm. um, and in, especially in the World's End because there's like what thirteen bars. Oh, yeah, you've got, like, a two-headed dog's more like a beer garden, kind of, like, the place I'd go to drink with my parents. You've got a couple, like, old-fashioned, like, English pubs. Yep. You've got the Mermaid, which is just a club. Um, and then, but uh, but they're all very distinct, and I love it. And here we go with the Queen. <laughs> I love how it's in sinking in perfect rhythm. This, this is why Don't Stop Me Now is... Like the ultimate zombie killing song. <laughs> There's no stopping me. <laughs> also, that like oh movie, uh, action movie put move with its leg spin. Oh yeah. Oh, and I love that the posters say like darts league, and then I think pool knockout tournament on the wall. Yep. David, you just he's not. This is David, not. Stop! I hate you. It's a good. T well, I mean, it is a good time now. <laughs> Having a good time. We're have, watching this on mute. We don't even know that we're singing. Yeah. <laughs> if we're singed up, that's impressive on Edgar Wright's behalf. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the. I love this. 
Dun. <laughs> Why is Queen still on? <laughs> Two seconds. Yeah, and you know what? Killer Queen. Told you it was loaded. <laughs> Ow. God. Oh, that little yeah. CGI blood splurts are the worst, but when you use them in like. If we, if there's that ways to a use it, right? Like little, and then his tie is around. I think we should all have five people operate one gun. You, know, you would think that there's like a, a whole bunch of other bullets, <laughs> twenty nine shells. Oh, I'm still kind of surprised that that thing actually does fire. It oh, is because yeah, this never is cleaned it, and it's mostly for display. Well, yeah, all because I mean, well, this is also Britain. This is in America, you know, where you can have like a real weapon hanging up overhand. How even in America, the weapons that they have yeah. hanging up in like a tavern, they are totally non-firing and non-functional. Not unless you're in some place like really rural, and I think that that's how they explained the guns in Hot Fuzz. They're in a very oh rural yeah, too, area, totally. So that's 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 a really good point. It's acceptable to have people have more weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but this looks like a nice suburban town. Which is, yeah, so it's really weird that it would actually fire. But, hey, it's funny. <laughs> so, I'm okay with that. And, oh, yeah, this is the point where we find out that Sean's mom... Oh, this is so sweet! Aww. Oh, wait, she, yeah, she doesn't know they've broken up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's another... I, I really love how this is their first time meeting. Aww. Really. It's so sad. She's sad right now. Oh, that sucks. Oh. Yeah. That gives me every time. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. She doesn't want to make a fuss. Oh, shit. You know, it's... how is that holding them back at all? I think zombies are clumsy. They can't climb very well. Cock it. There you go. That's what he said about the car too. <laughs> Trying to laugh, but oh, and then of course there's, and then of course there's the. Uh, Very yeah, this this is the shit that came back from the video game that they were do doing earlier. And I love that they put the camera on the end of the gun like you yes. would in a, a first-person shooter. Yes, that's a that's always a really good way to do it, and it's a nice way to visually connect it, not just through the dialogue, but through the camera work as well. Yeah. And it's Reload. I'm on it. <laughs> gamer reference i think for like the space fans and then that group who was following the edgar right over you know i under, i really wonder why what it is about repeating beats that make them inherently funny because you, you notice like other movies do that 
Um, like, uh, for example, like in Batman Begins, where you know Lucius Fox gets fired, and he's like, "Didn't you get the memo?" And then a, later in the end of the movie, he like he uh, he takes his job, and he's like, "Didn't you get the memo?" Like, I don't know what it is that you know repeating beats and lines are inherently funny. They just kind of are. Yeah. And I sh- and especially Lord- when they're in two different contexts, and yet they work so perfectly in both contexts. Exactly. And Lord knows Edgar Wright just milks that 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 cow to no end. Don't give David the gun. No. Shoot David, bad deal. Shoot David. Use his body as we hole up. We'll burn him for fuel. Fuck <laughs> this guy. No, no, no. Use it. That's a shield. I know we were roasting Ed, but David is the worst. Yeah. Ed, see, Ed. Uh, Ed is someone I want to hang out with, even though he's an ass. Sean David's least, just an asshole who's boring. Sean at least bought flowers for his mother's funeral. Oh. Oh! Oh! Oh my god, yeah, it's her birthday! No! This is so sad! Oh, oh yeah, actually, you know what would have made this death a lot stronger? If they actually showed a close-up of the happy birthday mom card. Oh. That would have hurt. Would that be too cheesy? Or Maybe. Maybe if they wrote something very specific on the card that did a callback here. Possibly that 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 could have really helped that moment a little bit more because you, you did because I did because you know you don't think about that when you're watching it um, you realize oh my god it totally is her birthday that sucks yeah. oh boy the worst Mexican standoff because there's only one gun oh boy. Also, um, if the very unlikely event that I do turn into a zombie, yeah, just wait for me when, as soon as I'm dead. Yes, please blow my head off. Well, here's, here's the solution. is You set up a zombie cage in case somebody gets bit. And if they're like, oh no, I've been bit by a dog, then instead of having an argument and screaming at each other about whether or not to shoot you, we lock you in the quarantine cage and wait for you to turn. And yeah, that's you, fine. Yeah. That's totally fine by me. Just like I want to be have as much conscious time left as I want. But once I pass out, please blow my head off. Please. Yeah. Just do it. I do not want to come back as one of those things. Oh, yeah. Make sure that it's a real zombie bite. Like actually like hear me out if I say I've been bitten by a dog or I've tripped over my own two feet because that's very likely. Yeah. Um but yeah, just shoot me immediately. I don't want to go through the process. Like I like when I have a bad blister, it's a body horror experience for me. Like, Don't say that! <laughs> You're not using the Zed word. <laughs> like it's a slur. <laughs> Barbara. And, wait. She's gonna run. Oh, oh, where is it? Oh, yeah, here it is. Here's, it's coming up. Like, they're gonna... <laughs> Come on. There she is. Oh, the eye open is so. Oh, it sucks. She still is just one zombie. Yeah. She's not too much of a. You do it. Yeah, see, now I really do want to see that, uh, that happy birthday card. 
because, oh. Happy birthday, Mom. Duh. There, there would have to be some line that would tie it back to the... Yeah. But it would have helped, of course. And I the, think zooming in on the card sentimentality yeah. is a bit cheesy. Yeah, you would have some, been perfectly right. David, fuck you! Fuck, fuck you, it. David! Fuck yeah! Punch Finally! Him. Him to zombies. And then this ha- Oh, you bitch! He actually pulled the trigger. You bitch! It, really? Really? <laughs> you <laughs> should go. <laughs> yeah, you should go. Would patrons please be quiet and orderly leaving the premises? This is another background you know, sign. You know, I, I, I love. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I <laughs> I actually remember showing this to my mother because uh, she she was really reluctant to see this one because she is just not a horror movie fan at all. Oh, yeah. Um, and she's she didn't she thinks uh, Shaun of the Dead for her is the weakest, not just because it's a horror movie, but these guys make some really dumbing decisions. Like, really stupid. I remember my mother was actually starting to, like, she almost got up and just, like, turned the movie off because of Dave, David actually considered going out, out there. And then, of course, you know, this happens, and you're just like, oh, he got what he deserved. Remember at the beginning when, like, Diane said, we'll be torn to pieces? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Awesome gore effects right here too. Oh yeah! Like I, I, t I totally, and I think this is the shot like uh, George A. Romero's just like got the sealer of approval for. Mmm. Yeah. Yum. Well, he wasn't, wait, do you think he was turned or was he just eaten? Oh, he was he just, just eaten. Eaten alive. He's not turned yet. No, he he's he's just been. It takes eaten like alive. two minutes for them to turn. Oh, actually, it takes like a few hours because. Uh, Oh yeah, when did his mom get bit? Like uh, when she he got first bit, broke it, into the house. No, they, she got bit like when he found him when he jumped over the uh, the fence oh. on the trampoline, found her like on the uh, the ground. Yeah, that's at least that's what I'm implying was when they got bit. Yeah. Um, and now they're been invaded. Like really, just dude, you are wasting so many bullets and so throw, much time. Throw a Molotov cocktail. I that would just burn. Yeah, want. just burn down the whole thing. Like burn the whole place down and run. Whenever Ed's got you, the right idea. Whenever you have a Molotov whenever you have a problem and you oh, have a Molotov cocktail at it, you now no longer have a problem. You have another problem. That's true. <laughs> and then of course there's this. <laughs> Fuck it, do it all new. No, leave him alone. <laughs> The fuck a doodle do is a thing that I say in daily life. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> nice. There's a, there's a lot of things in these movies that I use in real life. Uh, I think I tried to stop swearing and start saying cutesy words instead, but I just <laughs> combined my swearing with cutesy words, so I have this weird Deborah Morgan dialogue where it's like, <laughs> fuckity cupcakes, <laughs> cunt cakes. Bye, Pete! D Pete's dead. <laughs> is his name Peter because just Peter's hanging out the whole film? Discuss. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, it's concealed the entire movie. I mean, the, the actor could just be having underwear on. Well, I know the actor probably has at least a sock on. At worst. Well, of but course. Peter is implied to be butt naked. Unless he's a very just modest zombie. <laughs> who showers in his... Took his cloth? <laughs>
Oh my god. <laughs> Just when you thought this place couldn't get more apocalyptic looking. When the shots are on the ball! Fuck! <laughs> Seriously? Seriously, look before you light shit on fire, man. Especially in a bar. They did, they don't think at all throughout this movie. And again, that's something that my mother pointed out. Like Yeah. So. <laughs> just nothing goes right at yeah, all. I mean, like, they're not like ex-military. No. They're not gymnasts yeah. or anything. They're just average Joes. And I, 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 no, they're like less than stupid average Joes. Because yeah, yeah. they make some dumbass motherfucker some mistakes. Some of them go beyond dumbs, but I think forgetting about the shells for two seconds is something Oh yeah, no, that's I perfect. I see myself doing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the advantages of, of World's End and the stupid decisions they make there is they write their characters as canonically of having had like nine beers at this point. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, that's what I wonder like uh, like towards the end of the movie it's like how are you running right now? <laughs> <laughs> you just had nine pints. Oh, I know. <laughs> Adrenaline can do. I mean, one of my favorite musicians, he fell like nine feet. He was doing a stunt on stage, broke half his rib cage. Oh, jeez. Still, like, got up, and he was a singer. Yeah. He got up on stage, sang the final song, walked off stage, and almost passed out. And he blamed it all. The reason he was able to finish that song was alcohol and adrenaline. Who is this? Andy Beerside. Andy Beerside. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I would have loved to seen in World's End though, where like somebody does like nine pints in the most kick-ass like fighting sequence of all time, like just beating them up and just being perfect and being badass and running away, and then when all the like robots are dead, just stop and puke. <laughs> because that's what would happen once the adrenaline wore off you'd just vomit your heart out <laughs> yeah and then you'd be like oh my god what is life oh. you have an existential crisis right there in your puke <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what Gary King does like every week though mm, not like last week for me <laughs> <laughs> oh man this is a, this is another really good little like cliche, quote unquote cliche of the the zombie uh, genre where they're just the characters are just trapped and now they're trying to figure out how to um, kill each other because there's no way out. Yeah, but like as real people who weren't very serious about it and obviously don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's don't... it's really funny how like it takes the fucking apocalypse for these two to get together again. You don't want to die single, do you? Actually, oh I would like to be shot. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't changed. <laughs> he hasn't. He hasn't. <laughs> Even when Ed is knocking on death's door, he's still quipping like an asshole, <laughs> and I love him for it. <laughs> oh, look, sneaky. <laughs> I guess he. I guess they both still have their bad habits, you know? I mean, you're gonna die anyway. So. Oh, yeah, totally. So, fuck it, right? Of course, Deus Ex Machina, gonna get out. And then I love this little exchange on how they're both going. I <laughs> just did there. <laughs> and he, you know what? Maybe he, I think even Ed realizes that he's kind of toxic towards Sean. And then maybe at this point, if Ed didn't turn, he would. 
kind of change and yeah and support of it and everything and then of course i have he's a good guy yeah he just wasn't aware of his effect like you know and now it, it, he realizes oh and then there's this <laughs> i'm i'm sorry too <laughs> for what <laughs> no sean i'm uh, sorry you know you best be <laughs> <laughs> you know, you best be glad that I don't do that shit to you, because uh, gr although granted my farts are not that bad, but my girlfriend's farts are nasty. She does that shit to me all the time. You're putting that on the internet. I hope she appreciates that. Uh, she better, because <laughs> Jesus Christ, her farts can kill yaks. Oh man! Like standing. <laughs> it's just because there are moments where I'm just like, oh God, Jesus Christ! Like, and I just run out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Gay. <laughs> that would have been a great. That would have been, been a very Sean Ed exchange. Yeah, well, I mean, he says it right here. Just gay. <laughs> That's another one I really like using. Just, all right, gay. <laughs> And of course, like along with the Deus Ex Machina of the uh, the button, just when you think like there's no way out, the fucking military comes out in three, two, one, and it mows them down. Yep. Always. Re all, it Probably should prepare for the zombie apocalypse. Just buy like a uh, army truck. Keep supplies. You know, there's actually one on sale not too far around the corner. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know, um, pay for the head, you military guys. No, we gotta I'm play out the blood for the more likely future of not a zombie apocalypse by saving my money. That's and yes. Buying a reliable, small, like Japanese car and driving it around. Yes. And saving gas mileage. Hey! Oh, and she takes out the twins. That's why I took golf in high school. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a golf club instead of a cricket bat. Also, well, to be fair, though, a golf club is a horrible, horrible blunt instrument. Oh, it, yeah. it bends. I, I've played. Yeah, it's like. It's it's horrible. I, I take the I'll take the cricket bat any day. Andrew Ryan would be ashamed of you guys. Why? <laughs> you know the, the Bioshock where he's like, do it. <laughs> if you're gonna use a golf club as a weapon, use the putter. Because that's probably the most stable. Other golf clubs are meant to bend when you swing them. Yeah. What if you've got um, a hole like a caddy that follows you around the apocalypse, and whenever you bend a golf club, you get a new one? Oh, then oh, and then there's these. <laughs> this zombie TV. And they're just kind of integrated into life. <laughs> and uh, what was the, uh, the other thing that I thought was really funny where... Uh, it <laughs> say on the air, removing the head and destroying the brain. Incredible. And then they thought this was really funny. <laughs> Zombade charity. <laughs> and they're so like the same. <laughs> they use them for the service industry. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the guy who used to work with Sean. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then they turn them into games. <laughs> like this is actually, I think, a really funny commentary of what would happen if you know zombies just happened to be part of our. Culture again, just it's like, <laughs> do you go to sleep? Do you go to bed with it? <laughs> of course I do. <laughs>
and then it mirrors the first shot again with uh, the yawn, which is wonderful. And of course, now, as like I said, they really like to do these before oh, and after a, compositions. Is that a painting of the jag? I don't know, but the point is, like now, the apartment's all cleaned up. It's got, it's got that woman's touch now. She's got the art, the throw pillows, the pink throw pillows, very feminine. Still kept his posters though. Yes, because out of respect, and of course, now that they have, uh, now they have like their own little schedule, just very boring, very plain, and just very nice, nice little flat together. Looking good. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's got his man cave in the back. Yes. His edge shed. His edge shed. <laughs> <laughs> Pop into the garden. I wonder if that's how Edgar Wright came up with his his character's name. The edge shed. The edge shed. Shed, Ed. No, see, actually, that would have been a really. Ed, Sean. Shed. The shed name. The shed name. That's their ship. That's their ship name. Shed. Because they hang out in the shed and play video games. <laughs> That's wonderful. You're my best friend. Yes. And they retain their primal instincts, which is all I'd had a lot of anyway. Yep. change. Simon Pegg. Yep, Simon Pegg writes a lot of these. Um, I believe it. <laughs> well, he writes. He he and Edgar Wright write these two together. You know, um, they're both their movies, and uh, you know Simon Pegg goes. And also, Simon Pegg is the one who wrote um, Paul, which is why you know tonally it, it feels the same. But because it's not directed by Edgar Wright, it doesn't feel like an Edgar Wright movie. Yeah, well, what then it also think? has a little bit of a, who voiced the alien, like a lot of Seth Rogen vibes. Yes, to it, yeah. that that a lot of like. Oh, the, stuff yeah, atheism and weed kind of stuff that came in with very the, the Seth Rogen tone really yeah had its own kind of but there was definitely still an Edgar Wright vibe. I wonder if that's how with like, half of it he was able to get like Seth Rogen into, involved in that film. I wonder if he wrote it. If he helped Seth. write right. No, he totally did write Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, oh, I think uh, is he? I wonder if he's here. There's the uh, the music supervisor. Nick Angel. I, I, I don't know if he was working it. Yep. Nick Angel. Nick Angel. <laughs> yes. He was named after the the music supervisor, yes. which I don't know the story behind that. I really wish I did. I, I guess he just he's just a really cool guy. I, I imagine <laughs> just a really cool dude. I, I guess so because oh. I mean if you know Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are uh, obliged to name him name that character after him. I guess he is cool enough or whatever. Pigeon Man. Yes, the Pigeon Man. Um, oh, actually, speaking of which, the one of the other uh, shots where you see uh, the zombies walking toward the shop, and you know it's where Sean is still working, mm -hmm. um, and you see the, some zombies walking in the background. Um, there's one if you look really far off in the distance. There's one who's walking and he falls uh, face to the ground. That's actually that's actually Edgar Wright. He actually makes that's his cameo in the movie. So does he cameo in all of his films? I don't think he does. I think that's just one case because you know, with a zombie movie, it's really, really easy to cameo in your stuff. You just zombify yourself and throw yourself in the background. Um, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, although this movie was so popular with uh, George A. Romero afterwards that um, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg actually got to cameo in Land of the Dead. Like, they were actually, like, these chained-up things, and uh, 
Um, Simon Pegg specifically was uh, modeled after one of the zombies from uh, the, oh, I forget, I think it was uh, Day of the Dead or something oh. like that. So, yeah, they like they put, he, had, he was in like a latex uh, mask and whatnot, but the latex mask was kind of modeled after that original zombie. So Sean got to play like one of Z George A. Romero's like signature zombies. Oh, that's cool. As a cameo, which was really, really awesome. Um, oh, there's a studio cat. Um <laughs> Yes. So, yeah, that's that's the end of probably one of our, uh, the first of the Cornetto trilogy, which, yeah, this it's it's amazing how well this movie still holds up, isn't it? Like, all the time. A lot more, second time watch. Oh, yeah, man. I've seen this movie, like, a zillion and a half times, and, you know, I, I picked up on Bloody Mary, finally, like. What? This is the first time you picked up on Bloody Mary? Oh, totally, yeah. What? Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy. I that before I watched it. That's been on the internet. Oh, yeah, dude. I totally feel stupid for not noticing that. Cause, so, like, it's amazing how um, how many wonderful little details you pick up it's, the more times you watch it. Because I think this is my... I don't know. This is I'm definitely somewhere in the teens in the amount of times I've watched this. So, yeah. I'm here for but I want to hear your perspective as second time going around, Shot of the Dead. Um... First time I watched it, like, I'm always a little skeptical when it comes to zombie movies because this is a time when it was just way overdone. Oh, like, like Walking Dead era where uh, yeah. you're done with it. Yeah, and... Left for Dead and... Like, no, Left for Dead, it was still cool in Left for Dead. I watched this off of Left for Dead. That was when it was just starting. Walking Dead was when it was real big. Yeah. Uh -huh. But, yeah. And, um, yeah, and also, like, I just don't like horror in general. Like, but... I like the jokes. It keeps it lighthearted, except for the part where like Barbara dies. Barbara. Barbara. Yeah, Barbara. Mom, why? And like I'm now that I'm like watching mom. it a second time, like I'm not like as on edge. Like look at us, we're like sitting back drinking beer. Like it's oh, the way it's you... supposed to be drinking. Like I'm not. See, I was able you to You like, went into it expecting a horror with comedy mm. elements and not a comedy with horror elements, so you were. Yeah, I was more like, I don't want to see this, like, ready to steal my face from it. Now, like, that I'm actually watching it. Oh, yeah. From start to finish, it's, oh, yeah, there's a joke. Is that a, is that an Easter egg that I didn't catch up on? Or no, I didn't show any more horror films. I think we watched Train to Busan in silence. Um, are, do you still, like, cringe when David gets pulled apart, or are you numb to the violence now? Well, I knew that was going to happen, so I can't say. Well, if you're numb to the violence now, I mean, uh, does that make you kind of open for, like, you, you know, yeah, like, well, no, like, standard? For a, I have to have seen for the first time, like, witness it firsthand as to see if there, what kind of reaction it was. But I knew it was going to happen, so there was no surprise for me. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm just curious if, like, now that you've, like, sort of, you know, uh, been uh, detoxed, I, I really can't think of a better word for it. <laughs> But um, now that you've been or been exposed, now that you've been like you know taking your jump, dip into horror, um, you willing to like try other horror movies like the the actual original Dawn of the Dead and shit like that, or maybe like uh, you know classic films like uh, I don't know, like, to have some comedy to balance itself out or or something psychological or, or something. Yeah, like um, Train to Busan that was very suspenseful. So you're not into a slasher film, something yeah. super violent, but we could probably get her to watch uh, Babadook. Probably, yeah, probably. Or, um... Because that's not a lot of gore. That's a lot of just making you never want to have oh, I wonder, children ever. I, I, oh, that's, <laughs> oh, you know what's another really wonderful one? Because you, you mentioned the Babadook. I love how the Babadook is designed to scare the parents, not the kids. Oh, yeah. 
But the other one that I do it, and it's my all-time favorite horror movie, The Exorcist, the original. Oh, oh yeah. I want to I want to sit your ass down with that one because to this day that movie freaks me the fuck <laughs> out. Like it, it's just. I have to like remind myself not to think about that movie before I go to bed at night. <laughs> if I do, like it's like playing the game. Remember the game from high school? Oh no, I just lost it for the first time in like five years. Thanks, bitch. <laughs> yeah, record. Boom. Oh my god. We're talking about Left for Dead. We're talking about like, the game. That's what, that's what Exorcist is like for me. Like it's like playing the game. Like I can't think about it. I am just. Know? I'm just gonna like you know. Next time you're, you're staying over at my place, I'm just gonna come to the middle. The night and play the theme song for you. Uh, <laughs> where's that painting I made for you? That was the the, the cover of the Exorcist. You saw that? Oh, I might. No, actually, I gave that away to a uh, a friend of mine for Christmas. Oh, right, that was a commission. Okay, yes. that was for somebody else. Yes, that was like years ago. Um, Hannah does painting, by the way. Yeah, I paint. Give me money. <laughs> yeah, support your local artists. Yeah. Us by paying. Yeah, you should. I'm not. I'm not local. If you're listening online, <laughs> probably. Yeah, we're from Cincinnati, I so. Support your small artists by paying them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna paint anything for you. Just like send me money. Well, Instead I can tell you. Well, you can consider this part of your. Art I, well, I was gonna say yeah. just like if you guys want to really support us, you can just hit like and uh, like and subscribe, all that standard stuff, and just keep on listening because I'm. If you guys love wa watching movies, we'll make them even more fun to watch. You know. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Comment with uh, like everything but the beer. Yes. Yourself. Comment with your theories on how the lost cat totally survived and didn't die in this movie, uh, <laughs> and actually was the hero of Shaun of the Dead the whole time. Yeah, it was the 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 uh, the cat in the uh, the 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 shop, right? Yeah, the, 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 the lost cat, cat poster. Um, that cat didn't die, but I want to hear the fan theories on how it lived. Oh, that's this is going to be right awesome! Now. I cannot wait yes. to read up on this. <laughs> so yeah, just like Nick Frost is not one quick thought. He plays his character so well, you hate him, but then in all his in other movies he's so lovable yeah he's like just awesome job nick love you nick all we right. do we love both of these guys we love we love all of the the uh, the the makers and creators of the uh, the Shaun of the dead franchise and or the the the, the cornetto and the space franchise that whole little pocketed universe we love it so and we'll be back uh, next time with hot fuzz right Woo! yeah that's my, that's my personal favorite too yeah yes it's gonna be really good yeah so and so this is gonna be tim and, and tim martha and hannah signing out see you pal boy gay <laughs> contract is hosted by tim leifheit hannah sapniewski and me martha wreckers and was originally created by tim leifheit himself if you have any questions or suggestions for a future show, leave us a comment or reach us at comtrack.podcast at gmail.com. Like and subscribe on our YouTube channel and follow us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter page. This has been an episode of Comtrack, where you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. Thank you and good night. <laughs>